Well, today is uh, Father's Day, and as we read uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, we'll see the admonition that Moses uh, makes to the children of Israel. These are the commands, decrees, the decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you, to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to repossess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord, may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase in greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your, the door frames of your homes and on your gates. Now, it's, it's important as we, as we look at this, we, we see where, where are all the places that God wants us to have his word written. <laughs> I mean, there, there are certain sects of Judaism that um, if you look at them, they wear little boxes on their foreheads. They have little boxes wrapped around and, as it were, tied to their arms. And whenever uh, you, you go to some, some homes, they have magnetic stickers, uh, magnetic boxes that are on the door frames. And all of these places have the scriptures written. So they have fulfilled this uh, commandment literally so that the word of God is written and they carry it with them. Uh, if you've ever seen these, uh, some of them, they have these little boxes that just kind of suspended on their foreheads. What are they called? Steph, do you remember? What is it? Frontlets. And you wear them, and it's, it's a decree that comes from this particular scripture. Now, Israel had wandered 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, an entire generation has died because they failed to enter into what is known as the promised land, the place that God had promised to give them. They, they failed to follow the commandments of God. They, God brought them out of Egypt, brought them to this place, uh, to take the promised land that was given to Abraham and his descendants. But they said, you know what? We can't go. There's giants in the land. And so they stopped there and they allowed the obstacles of the land, the occupants of the land, the obstacles that were there, to be greater for them and greater to them than the command that God had given them. And see, these are very real problems. We have very real problems that speak to us about life and about things that we face, and we have very real promises. <clears throat> very real promises that command us, as it were, to go and confront these things. Everyday life, situations that we encounter, people we encounter. And then we have promises of God that give us direction as to how we are to deal with these things. So it isn't like we have faith and then we have life. 
It isn't like we come to church on Sunday and we go about the rest of our life after church is over. It is, it is a coming together of our faith and our life so that we can understand uh, and, and have this experiential understanding of our faith and life experiences. Two weeks ago, we spoke about um, facing the giants. <laughs> in, uh, they're not the football team um or the baseball team there's a baseball team too isn't there they're a giant baseball team or just football yeah that's a football what and the new york giants <clears throat> okay so there's two giants i thought there were well when david faced the giants uh he was facing the emotional giant his brother who was looking down on him for you know you little punk what are you doing here at the battlefield um, David faced the positional giant, uh, Saul, who was over him in authority, tried to dress him in armor that really didn't fit him, make him something that he wasn't. And of course, the guy was just out and out better at him at war, and that was Goliath himself. And so David had to face that giant. Well, we all have difficulties, as it were, giants that we need to encounter. And there are ways that we overcome them. But the children of Israel, they refused to go into the land. And they refused to go into the land because there were giants. There were very large obstacles that they were going to have to face. And they doubted themselves and they doubted God's ability to work through them to overcome the obstacles in the land that they were to face. So because of that, they wandered around 40 years in the wilderness. They failed to obey God's command and to go and possess the land. The sad thing for us is that sometimes we're wondering. <laughs> you ever wondering? Wonder what you're doing? Where you're going? And why am I here? And all these kinds of things. We wonder what's going to happen next. We wonder if things are going to get better, they're going to get worse. Is, uh, are they ever going to get that oil spill, that oil well plugged? <laughs> you know, are they, are they going to, we wonder, when are, what are, when are things going to change? When is someone going to come up with something to plug that hole in the bottom of the ocean? You know, uh, we wonder about diff different things. Well, verse 1 tells us, that these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord our God directed me to teach you to observe in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Okay? Israel, Moses tells him, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you. If you and I are going to possess the land... If you and I are going to possess the life, live the life that we live, we are alive to have, there are certain things that we need to know. Now, how many are on summer vacation? <laughs> and what's wrong with the other ones that were in school? Yeah, okay, you're still going to, you're going to summer school. Oh, okay. All right, but uh, we're, 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 we, we go to school to what? To learn. There are teachers, and their teachers are there to to uh, give us lessons and to teach us things about our life and about, you know, about math and reading and other skills. And 
Moses will be the teacher here, and he's telling Israel that Moses is going to be the teacher of God's commands and teaching, knowing, and applying. Teaching, knowing, and applying. Teaching, knowing, and applying. God wants Israel to be used um, to be a people inclined to hear God. Moses wants Israel to be a people who are inclined to hear. It means that I want to hear what you have to say. It means I want to understand what it is that you're teaching me. I want to, to have a working knowledge of what it is that you're trying to give to me. Now, I don't know, um, when, I, when, when I was learning how to drive, you know, I, I had a very distinct advantage. Um, I lived on a farm, and I, we had, I had, I could, we had relatives that were visiting, well, I think the one was, they were from California or something, and I don't, re I don't even remember who they were, but they were relatives. They came from California. You know, I don't know if I ever saw them again. But uh, I remember them coming and running into the house and saying, the car's moving and nobody's in it. Well, I was turning it around. <laughs> you know, because in the farm, there was very few things you could hit. You know, because there was a big area, big road and whatever. So I would hold on to the steering wheel slide down, hit the gas, pop up, see where I was going, then slide down, hit the brake. You know? You know, and I could turn around that way. You know, you slide down, hit the brake, pop up, turn the wheel, see where you're going, put the brake before you ran up over the bank, and then you backed it, put it in reverse, you know, slid up, look where you're going, slid down, hit the brake, gas, run backwards, slammed on the brake, so you popped up to make sure you were in the right spot, and I would turn the car around. How old was I? I don't know. I would drive up the lane, when I would sit on my brother's laps. My brothers were 12 years older than I, so I got the, when they were driving, I was driving. So they're 16 and I'm four, <laughs> five, and I'm driving up the road. You know, why? Because nobody else lived on the lane but us, so I was driving the car. So I learned to drive, but you know, when it, you know I got my permit and I went for my test. You know, I'd like the next day. Why? Because I knew how to drive because I'd been driving all over the place with my brothers. So, <laughs> I won't say all the, where else I was driving. But anyhow, you know, on the farm you, were, you had all this, I was inclined to learn how to drive. Why? Because it was something I wanted to do. I, I drove tractors, I drove machinery, I, you know, drove trucks. I mean, I drove everything. Anything that had a steering wheel, I drove. You know, before I was 16, I learned, because I, had in, I inclined to learn. So the idea is when you want to learn something, you have an inclination to learn. You have a desire to learn. Well, this is what God is saying about the commandments of God, that you have, he wants to teach them to the children of Israel, and they have an inclination to learn. They want to learn it. It's, it, they want to know how to do it so that it becomes part of who they are. Well, there's a difference between doing something because it is required and doing something because we want to. 
God is not interested in a forced religion. God is not interested in people who will just keep the rules. It's more than that. It's an experiential understanding. He wants our hearts. And, you know, there are there, there's different kinds of knowledge, but there's an emotional knowledge and there's an intellectual knowledge. Anybody ever, you ever hear the expression, don't, don't discuss politics and religion with people? How many have heard that? Why don't you discuss politics and religion with people? It's an emotional knowledge. <laughs> because people have, I'm a whatever, you know, we can be Democrat or Republican. I am this, and it's because my father's and my whatever, and this is the only way there is, and there's an emotional attachment, and as soon as you push that button, you get a response. <laughs> That's an emotional knowledge. Is it correct? For the person it is. Then there's an intellectual knowledge. An intellectual knowledge is a logical knowledge. A logical knowledge that is... Uh, put in place because you have this understanding, 2 plus 2 equals 4. That's an, that's an intellectual knowledge, it is an assumption. There's not, it's not an emotional understanding, it's an intellectual understanding. Well, in our relationship with God, it's an emotional understanding and an intellectual understanding. It's a combination of both. It's a combination of knowing that I have life with God for an eternity. That's an emotional thing, but it's also an intellectual thing. It's something that we understand. Verse 2 says, and I, and I want to read it from the end segment, segments of it, from the last of the verse to the beginning of the verse. Let's start with the last part. What does the last phrase say? After the comma, it says what? And so that you may enjoy long life. So that you may enjoy long life. As long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, I want you to enjoy long life as long as you keep the decrees and commands that I give you, so that your children and your children after them may fear the Lord. If you want to have a long life, keep the commands of God and teach them to your children and your children's children. That there is, now fear here is not the, oh my gosh, it's not that kind of fear. It's a reverential respect of God. So, Verse 3 says, do not miss the chance to live in the promised land. Moses is determined to help them get into the land and stay there. So you're going to live a long life and you're going to occupy the promises that God has given you. The place that God wants you to live. Every one of us have a promised land. That promised land is your own intellect, your own heart, your own emotions. It is your own abilities, your capabilities of what you can be and what you will be in the future. And God wants you to live a long, prosperous life. 
And verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The distinctive feature of our God and the Hebrew faith is that the many, there are many, and when Israel was going in to possess the promised land, the people who lived there had many gods. It's a lot like our society and even the country that we live. We, we claim that we are Christian, but there are many people, there are many gods, there are many ways, you know. It really doesn't matter what you believe. There are some people who have the philosophy. It doesn't matter what you believe, it's just that you believe. No, it doesn't work that way. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There is one God. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is the God of the whole earth, and he's the same God that you and I worship today. It's important that they understand this because it, there's a distinction between the gods of this world, that there are many ways to God and there are many things. It really doesn't matter what you believe. We don't believe that. There is one God. There is not many ways to God. There's only one way to God. That's through Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior. This is the central passage of the book of, Deuteron of Deuteronomy, and it's the central passage of Christianity. To love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Impress this upon yourself. Impress this upon your children. Talk about it whenever you sit at home. Talk about it when you go for walks. Talk about it when you lie down. Talk about it whenever you get up. The impression of all of this is that we know that our Redeemer liveth and that the promises of this book, the things of the Scripture, are not just something that we do on Sunday morning. It's something that we live by day in and day out. We think about it. We talk about it. We sing about it. We have a song in our heart about it. We live by it. It is something that is part of our life. He is because he is someone that we love and who loves us. That's why it is so important that we take the scriptures and that we talk about them. We read them. You know, the sermon, this, this, this sermon, this story that I'm talking about today, this time together. It is part of learning how to become and how to use the word effectively in our lives. Impress them. Tie them to your hands. Wear them about your head. Why? Put them on the doorpost of your house. Why? Oh, it's good luck. No. <coughs> It is the word of life and how to live life, find life, have an emotional understanding, a logical understanding about God. Hmm. Wherever you go, the word of God is there. Teach his commandments. Teach his commandments. Teach them to ourselves. Live by them. You see, when you carry, <laughs> this is a screwdriver, right? How many know what this is? A screwdriver, what's it used for? It's driving screws. How many are screwed up? Come up here, I'm going to fix you. How many got a few screws loose? How many would like to tell me who they know has a few screws loose? <laughs> All right. Now, you know what's impressive? 
Brad, I'm going to use you for an illustration. Yeah. You know, when Brad shows up to do a job, he comes in a panel, in a, comes in a, in a truck, in a, what is the kind of truck is it? Cargo van. He opens up the back door, and what does he do? He pulls out tools. And when you pull out tools, it's like, whoa, Brad got tools. <laughs> you know? And Brad knows how to, but the thing is, Brad knows how to use those tools. You know, me, I just like the, whoo, them tools, you know? <laughs> wow, tools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Pastor, you want to use them? Well, you better tell me how to use them, because some of them, he had this one tool. You put a 22 shell in it, but without the, the shell, you know, the projectile. And you don't, and you drive, you drive, drive what? Nails. Drive nails in concrete. Yeah. Man, don't put that under your foot. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't use that to, he's got tools. But he knows how to use them. How many know what this is? What's it for? It's for driving, putting screws in. But you know what? Bob Paris is in here, so uh, you pick on him. Tell him I used him in a sermon illustration. Next week when you see him, tell him I used him in a sermon illustration this week. I was laying, if you, if you go, come to our house, I have a brick pavers, you know, them interlocking bricks. Well, I put them down myself with help. But I got about half to three-quarters of the way out from my driveway, and if you stood in the, in the, in the garage, it went... And every, how many know that you can't put brick pavers down and they go like this? They've got to have a straight line. Well, you know, I had 500, 1,000 bricks laid, and I had this mallet, rubber mallet, and I'm beating on them, and I'm trying to move them over, you know. And the only thing I knew was pick them up, start all over again. Bob Parrish shows up. Uh, if you don't know Bob, Bob is third-generation bricklayer. I mean, you know, if you, you want to get really talking, have him show you his tools of how to cut stone. He knows how to cut stone. I mean, all I know is to get a sledgehammer and break it. He knows how to have these tools, and he can cut stone. If you ever drive by the hospital, there are these round stones in, in, in some of the pillars there at the entrances. Those are cut stone where, and even the brickwork along the, the side of, those, uh, of the walls there is cut stone. There are big blocks that people who, it's a lost art. But Bob comes to my house, shows up, nick of time. I didn't call him. Should have been smart enough to call him, but I didn't call him. He calls, he comes, he comes to my house, and there I am, and I'm saying, Bob, what am I going to do? He says, you got a screwdriver. He's some smart man. He's a bricklayer and wants a screwdriver. <laughs> I said, what's Bob going to do with a screwdriver? In about 10 minutes, he started working on my 500 bricks that I had laid out. He straightened them all out in about five minutes with a screwdriver. You see, there's a difference between, you know, you and I, we get a screwdriver and we put it in there, you know. Bob, who is 
used to working with many different tools, grabs a screwdriver that I have and straightens out my driveway. And then he shows me this little thing. It's three, by three feet by four feet. You make a triangle. And you put it out. And it's a perfect line. He put a line right down the middle of my driveway and said, stick those bricks that you know you got there. Make sure that they follow this line. Clear out to the end. And you know, if you come to my house and you look at my driveway, it's perfectly straight. Not because David is such a master craftsman, because Bob showed up and took a screwdriver to my bricks. He knew how to move the bricks. He knew how to operate tools. I'm not giving this away. <laughs> you see, Bible says, teach the word. Put it, you know, whenever you get up in the morning, whenever you go for a walk, whenever you talk to your children, when you go to bed at night, talk about the word of God. You know, when, when Brad, and I ask, when Brad comes and he pulls out his tools, you expect him to come with his tools. Not on Sunday mornings, but when he comes to work at your house, you expect him to come with his tools. And he carries them with him. And, you know, many who are, you know, if you call the plumber and he shows up with, um, without his plumbing tools, <laughs> you know, his wrenches and all that stuff, he doesn't show up with him. You wonder, what are you doing here? When we as Christians show up without the scriptures, we've left without our tools. This is what we need. <laughs> you know, I brought this level. I had an experience this week. I was at um, a care facility, and, uh, and, and, and wasn't here in Wimber, okay? So I was watching this guy. I was, put my, I was visiting a hospice patient, and, and I put my car in reverse, and I'm backing up. I'm going to slam on the brakes. There's this guy laying on the road behind me. No, he hasn't fallen down. He's a maintenance man, okay? And he has a level. And he's on this belly, laying down. Do I need to show you? Yeah, okay. He's got this level, and it's across the, uh, across the little ditch, you know. And he's got this level, and he's looking at it, and he's not, you know, anybody know anything about a level that's got a little bubble in the middle? Do you know how to tell if a preacher's on the level? The bubble's in the middle. But anyhow, <laughs> that was just a little side knowledge for you. So anyhow, he's got this level, and he's going, and you know what he's doing? He's looking across it. And he's got his face on the ground, and he's looking across the top of the level. And he goes, it's level. <laughs> I go, okay. <laughs> he didn't look at the bubble. He was looking across the top of it. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He must have been looking at something else. But, you know, I didn't think he was too apt at knowing what this was all about. <laughs> so, you see, sometimes things are very obvious. But, you know, a skilled craftsman 
to those who are bricklayers and stuff, they can make straight walls, make corners and you know, 90 degree angles and all that stuff with the right tools. But you know, I know people <laughs> that claim to be good at what they do. They have all the right tools, but they just can't make it work. Because they, you know, there are certain things that I know about, you know, I know very little about, I know a little bit about a lot of things, make myself dangerous. But when people claim to know everything and don't know how to use the basic tools, you begin to lose faith in them. Now my level won't be level anymore. Because if you drop levels, they don't work too well. But teaching the scriptures, learning how to use the scriptures, is applying them to our lives. And you see, sometimes we as fathers, you know, men, men don't ask for directions because we're never lost. Right, ladies? <laughs> well, sometimes we don't like to talk about things we don't fully understand because we don't want to look stupid. <laughs> but you see, when you love someone, if you make a mistake, you just make it right by saying, you know what, you know, last week when we talked about this, I thought it meant this, but I talked to someone who, you know, I talked to pastor, I talked to someone, and they said, you know, I think it means this. That's the beauty of a relationship that we have with God. The beauty of taking the Word of God and reading it and discussing it, not from a position I know it all, but from a position that, you know, we're going to find out what this means. We're going to make, we're going to learn how to use this tool in our lives. And this is the tool that God has given us to reveal to us eternal life. It is, it is that part of us that will give us hope, give us direction, give us peace of mind and heart that our past doesn't haunt us because it's been forgiven. Our future doesn't bring us fear because we know we're safe. And it's the application of the, of the word of God to our lives. It's the using of the tools so frequently we can see them used for more than just what we think they're for. Bob moving a whole, you know, 800 bricks. He didn't have to move them all. But he moved the majority of them, and he just so slickly tried to. You know, I tried it one other time. I couldn't do it. I, I mean, I tried after Bob was gone, you know, I made a little mistake. on And it still went like this, you know. So I pulled them all up and set them down again. But Bob was just, just put the brick, you know, stuck it in there and moved them around, and he moved the whole thing right into place. 
one try. Because he was good at working with tools. And he understood bricks. God understands our life. Today being Father's Day, God has given us a great tool to use for the direction of our life and for helping our children, our grandchildren, being a godly example, being a person who allows God to work in their lives. That's what it's about. And you see, teach these things. Impress them upon your heart. And you'll find as you're going through life, you're carrying your tool bag. And this is the greatest tool book we'll ever carry. Amen? Know this book. Know the truth. Truth will set you free. Bring life to your, yourself and your family.